My name is Lyndon Jones, and you're listening to WWCU. Today's program is about voting, and not just the boring stuff, the fun stuff, why voting is important, where you can do it, what a mail-in ballot is, what an absentee ballot is, and how student voices really matter. We even have some events coming up in Western North Carolina that are open to the community, including an open polling place on campus at Western Carolina University and an event later in October where a lot of candidates are gonna come to campus. So thank you for listening. I'm here today with Dr. Perry, who is the Executive Director of the College of Education and Allied Professions. Dr. Perry, of course, has a PhD from New Zealand. He has done some outstanding research and he's here to share how democracy is important. And he is joined by Rebecca Hart and Holly Miller from the Student Democracy Coalition here at Western Carolina University. Thank y'all both for being here. So we're going to start with a pretty basic question, but a good one. Why is voting important? Your vote is your voice in this country, in our democracy, and one vote can have such a huge impact on an election, especially locally. But even on a national level, um, the 2020 Democratic primary was actually decided by two votes in Jackson County. So just two votes separated Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. So one vote can really have a huge impact on the whole democratic process. So um, I definitely agree voting is how you have your own voice. For me, voting specifically is really important um, just because women didn't always have the right to vote along with a lot of other groups in America. So especially with this year, this year being the uh, 100th year anniversary of women having the right to vote, it's like really important to me that I push like all my friends to vote and I'm encouraging them and you know, encouraging them to go get their friends to vote as well, that we're all just being involved and active in this. Awesome. And a cornerstone in all of this work is when you ask students, you know, did you vote? You want them to say, I am a voter, not I voted. I voted is something that you do once every two, three, four years. Uh, but I'm a voter is something that you are every single day. And I think it's the cornerstone to the perception a person has of themselves and their role within our democracy, which demands engagement every day, not just every three or four years. Moreover, voting is the most common and useful tool for us, right, the collective us as a nation to shape our democracy. We can't all be in the rooms where decisions are made and policies forged, but we have the opportunity to shape what happens there with each vote. We send forth a meaningful beacon of light that when combined over a period of time can literally light the way forward. And that direction changes all of the time, but it's an exciting and important process for every vote to be a part of. And I love what you said there that we don't have the opportunity to be on the forefront of every single thing that happens, but by voting, you're kind of picking that person to speak for you. Exactly, exactly. Another big question that we have is how can we register to vote? And then moreover, what if we already are registered? How do we find out if we already are? So there's several different ways to register to vote, and um, a little bit of it can depend on the state. So in North Carolina, specifically here, you can register through a paper form that we have here at the office. Um, you can easily find it at the Board of Elections office as well, and you just fill that out. You can also register online if you have a North Carolina driver's license number through the DMV website. You would also request your absentee ballot online if that's a way to vote that you are interested in. And then checking your registration status is pretty easy. You can just Google it. 
and you'll go to North Carolina Voter Search. That's what you'll search up, and you'll just put in your information, and it'll look you up and tell you where you were last registered. Um, you definitely want to make sure your address is current to where you are or where you want to vote. And what do I need to register to vote if I am not already registered? Um, so it depends on what process you're using. If you're registering through the DMV online, you're going to need your Social Security card and your North Carolina driver's license or other state-issued ID. You can also use any ID this uh, DMV has issued to you. Um, but if you're using a paper ballot, you really only need one of those two things. So we re really need the last four digits of your social or your driver's license number. You, we'll also need your 911 address and the mailing address. And we uh, picked up on this term a little earlier in the program of an absentee ballot. Can someone explain to me what is an absentee ballot and when does someone use it? So an absentee ballot is a mail-in ballot. Um, pretty much what it means is that you're voting, but you're absent from the polling location. It doesn't mean that you're like absent from voting altogether. Um, so you would request it online. It would come to your mailing address that you are registered at. You would fill it out, and then you would mail it back. Um, the last date to do that is October 27th. I know that in previous years, students, faculty, and staff were able to vote on the campus of Western Carolina University. Is that something that will still be possible this year? Yes. Yeah, so we actually do have a, a polling location on campus this year. It's going to be in the UC, the University Center, in the multi-purpose room. And it's going to be from October 15th to October 31st. The hours for that are on our website, vote.wcu.edu. There's a lot of really important information on there, but uh, students, faculty, staff, and even members of the community can come here to vote there. And as Rebecca mentioned, October 15th through 30th, which is essentially Monday through Friday, the polls are open from 8 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. So I almost go as far as saying all day they're open. And then on Saturdays leading up to the election, they're open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then on the final Saturday, October 31st, also Halloween, they are open from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. So the point in making sure we circle back on this is that the on-campus polling place is open from October 15th to October 31st, and it's literally open hundreds of hours. So there's plenty of time to squeeze in that chance to go to the polls and make your voice heard, like Holly mentioned earlier. Absolutely. And this is an opportunity for community members as well to have a local place here in Cullowee. That is fantastic. Lyndon, absolutely. Great point. We actually have parking spots reserved for off-campus folks and even on-campus folks who need to drive over to the polling location if that's more accessible for them. We have six parking spots available right outside of the polling place along with curbside voting. So you don't even have to get out of your car to vote if you come to campus and vote. It's an exciting resource we have available in order to bring the ballot literally to the person who's voting. So we talked about being an active voter, someone who isn't just voting once, but really knows about it. How can we find nonpartisan voter information, not necessarily from a news source, but just the facts? Absolutely. There are so many resources that are out there. First, I would recommend going to vote.wcu.edu. There you will find voter guides that are designed in a nonpartisan way so that you can better become acquainted with the policies and perspectives of the candidates that you're going to be voting for. Additionally, you'll see former live streams that are available of debates. 
so you can go and instead of listening to someone's interpretation of what's happening with regard to our candidates, you can watch the debate yourself and start to assess and make your own informed decision based off of the raw material you're given access to. And finally, I want to make a quick reference to Ballopedia because it's a great nonpartisan, nonprofit resource that's available that invites you to consider the ins and outs of each candidate, again, in a nonpartisan way. I'm going to hand the reins off here to Holly for a second and see if she has anything to add on voter education resources. Um, another really great nonpartisan resource is youcanvote.org slash WOB. That essentially just explains the different offices that are up for election on the ballot. So why is an attorney general important? What do they affect in the state of North Carolina? That's a really helpful resource, especially on local elections where voters might be a little more confused as to what those offices actually do. And Holly, you made a great point. It isn't just the presidents that we have on this ballot. Who else will we see when we vote this year? There are so many different offices up for election this year. Um, You can actually look up a sample ballot online at the Jackson County Board of Elections website and at NC Voter Search. But we have everything in North Carolina. Our governor is up for re-election. We have members of the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, as well as the NC House of Representatives. So many different um, state and local offices are also on the ballot this year. So make sure you educate yourself on those offices as well as the national offices. So the way I explain this to students sometimes, whenever they say, you know, I'm not interested in the candidates we have that might be on the ballot for the president or for a higher up the ballot office. And that's why they're not going to vote. And I sort of say to them, that would be like foregoing a whole entire five-course meal because you don't like the appetizer or because you don't like the drinks that are being served at that particular meal. And no one in their right mind would do that, right? Because there's so many other resources, right? So many other elections down the ballot that are so important to what happens in your own community and that shape your everyday life where you live very specifically. And I think it's important that everyone understands the concept of the down ballot because I think it's pretty a pretty powerful component of the ballot and can make sure that you are as informed as you need to be. So um, a mail-in ballot and absentee ballot are essentially the same thing, just two different titles for it. Um, I prefer to call it a mail-in ballot because I feel like that's more Um, it kind of sounds more inviting and is more true to what it is, whereas an absentee ballot kind of gives the impression that you're not voting. Um, You are, you're just absent from the actual polling location when you vote. So pretty much you're going to request your mail-in ballot with the absentee ballot request form. And this can be found on votesbymail.ncse.gov. So that's the North Carolina State Board of Elections website. That's where you would request it. It's going to come to you. You're going to fill it out completely, and then you're going to, um, well, you'll fill out the application on the website, and it's going to submit a request to your local election office. Um, You have to request this ballot by Tuesday, October 27th, in order to receive it. And then when your ballot arrives, you're going to read it carefully, follow the instructions, complete it, and then return it. Um, And then you can check the progress of it online um, to make sure it got counted. Um, our polling location on campus in the UC multi-purpose room is also a one-stop site where 
um, people can come and drop off their mail-in ballots as well as vote in person. Yeah, the last thing I want to quickly mention is your ballot. If you happen to submit your mail-in ballot, you need to submit it by November 3rd, meaning it needs to be postmarked that date, and therefore it must be received at the local board of elections where you're mailing it to by November 6th. So that's important. So a couple of important dates that Rebecca mentioned. October 27th is when your request needs to be sent out. I personally voted for the first time absentee while living in the United States. This is the first time I've I've done that personally, and I did it, even though I love going to the polling place and voting. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I did it so that I understood how the process works. And so, like Rebecca mentioned, it's a very quick online form. It takes about three minutes to complete. You put your information in there. Next thing you know, a few days later, seven to ten business days later, your ballot arrives in your mailbox, and you pull it out, and you, you look at it, and you study it, and you make your informed vote, and you get one witness. So one person has to witness that you completed it. They don't need to look at it to determine who you voted for or how you voted, but they need to witness the outside of the envelope just demonstrating that you are who you say you are. So, for example, my partner, uh, Dr. April Perry, was my witness for my ballot, and I was able to put it uh, with, a, with a stamp in the mail, and it is. I followed it through the process to see if it had arrived yet, as was noted earlier, and my ballot has been received. So the whole process uh, worked pretty smoothly, and it was exciting to see that. And I know that ballot, mail-in ballot requests are up three times where they have ever been in previous 2016 presidential elections, and times two have already been received at the local board of elections in our state. So mail-in ballots is up big time. That is uh, an exciting resource to see that's available to meet voters where they are, so that they can get their ballot submitted. And you brought up a great point here that they've already been received. Is it true that they can't be counted until Election Day? This technically depends on the state. Um, Some states allow it and some don't. North Carolina does actually allow counting to begin before Election Day. Um, So for North Carolina, our statute allows us to start counting the mail-in ballots on October 20th. Um, so not as soon as they receive it, but uh, pretty close to election date. They are allowed to start opening them up and counting them. So, Dr. Perry, you did touch on this earlier, um, just kind of with the importance of voting. But if someone said that they didn't want to vote or that their vote didn't matter, what advice would you give them? Well, beyond what I said earlier about the five-course meal, uh, <laughs> something that was really interesting and framed to me by um, a scholar named Paul Loeb, he said uh, a carpenter, because they're a master craftsman they're, or craftsperson, they're not going to give up their most basic tools just because they've learned how to use more complex ones in the woodworking process, right? And I look at civic engagement as a craft, right? Everyone is honing, honing, honing in on their own craft and their own civic identity in the same way that a carpenter might be developing their skill set as well. And for me, voting is like the screwdriver, right, or the hammer, or the most basic tool that we can use to shape our democracy. And there's a lot of other more complex tools that we can use, like, for example, calling your representatives, right? If you've ever called your own senator in Congress or your uh, your congressperson or someone in the House of Representatives, 
and you wanted to sort of articulate a perspective that you have that you wanted to get on record to help shape their voting patterns, right, which we get to do, right? The, we don't work for the government. The government works for us, right? The government is are designed to serve us as the constituents. And so if you've ever made that phone call, that's sort of a higher order level of civic engagement is to make that bold phone call or to write a letter or to sign a petition that articulates your own personal beliefs, right? Those are higher tools, right? But the cornerstone to all of that is the idea that free and fair elections, right, are the cornerstone to our democracy. And what happens is when we, when we don't prepare and teach the next generation of our engaged citizens the ideals of our democracy, then we unknowingly expose its Achilles heel. We expose the fact that without a strong understanding of the tenets of our democracy, specifically, as I noted, the free and fair and accessible elections, we erode the foundation of the next generation of our citizenry. And that directly impacts our students, right? Young people who are going to be around in this democracy for a very long time. We need them to understand the value of casting their vote and why it is important. So back to being a craftsperson, right? You must use the most basic tools we have to shape the democracy that we live in. And voting is the absolute cornerstone to that. I would just say that, you know, more than candidates are on the ballot. This, this is how we're deciding we want our country to be run for the next, you know, two to four years, depending on how long who we're voting for as an office. It's choosing how, what we believe our country should look like. Is there anything that we have not talked about that y'all think is important? Yeah, so we actually have um, some events coming up that involves a lot of um, nonpartisan education. So we are doing the debate watch parties um, with LMC in partnership with them. Students can register um, to RSVP to those events on Engage. We're having the VP debate watch party this week, so it's going to be October 7th. And then we're also going to have two more presidential debate watch parties, the 15th and 22nd of October. And then we're doing another program during early voting, which again opens on October 15th. We have a new program called Instant Democracy, Just Add You. And what it is, is students are going to be able to come by and we're going to make sure students are aware that the polls are open. We'll be open sort of from the 15th of October all the way through to the 31st with our program out on the lawn for a couple hours every day. And when students come up and they check their registration or they ask a question or we point them towards a voting resource, we're also going to hand them a coffee mug. And in this coffee mug is going to be an instant coffee or an instant tea or an instant cocoa or a ramen. And they can take it back. And when they're eating that or drinking that later, warming up as the weather starts getting a little bit cooler here, perhaps it will remind them, huh, instant democracy, just add me. And then they will get a little bit more informed and go and cast their vote just to be reminded that, hey, the polls are open. Because we know that students need to see a message five to seven times before it starts to stick. And that's not a student phenomenon. That's marketing 101. So we know that students need to know that the polls are open and we need to let them know in various ways. And so we have instant democracy, just add you, running from October 15th through to the 31st out on the UC lawn pretty much every day that the polls are open. We're very excited. And then there's one more quick program I want to make sure we give a shout out to. The last program we want to highlight is called Democracy Day. It'll be on October 28th, um, from 11 to 1. And essentially, we'll have local candidates I'm coming to Western's campus to talk to Western Carolina University students. So you can talk to the candidates one-on-one and learn about their platforms and what the important issues are for them in this election, which is a really, really great opportunity 
We've already gotten responses from some candidates, and we're really excited about this event. So we really hope we have a great turnout. As far as the in-person voting goes, what safety precautions are we taking just to make sure that everyone is casting a safe and educated vote? Yeah, so the Board of Elections is taking a lot of um, precautions, and this year they're going to be doing a lot of extra cleaning for sure. So there are poll workers who are there, which actually students can be a part of and get paid to participate in. But they'll be doing a lot of social distancing. We're going to have a lot of cleaning shifts. People are required to wear their masks. Um, so there's just a lot of precautions being taken. Um, kind of, you're going to see pretty much the precautions the university is already taking, um, just happening at the polling location. Um, so we'll just be spreading everyone out, encouraging Dermex, um, all that fun stuff. Yes, it's what's become the new normal. So I'm glad that it's kind of, um, it's one of those things that we don't even really have to talk about as much anymore because it's a given. It's 2020, we wear a mask, we socially distance. Um, I will also like to add to that, um, along with mail-in ballots, if we do have other people who do not feel comfortable enough to come into the polling location um, but did not have time to request that mail-in ballot, they do have an option to stay in their car. We are doing um, curbside, so pretty much, one of the poll workers will come to your car. You're going to have to agree to let them act in your place to go get your ballot from the polling location. They'll come back to your car. Um, you will then answer it. They'll check it off for you. Um, you'll sign all that fun stuff, and then they'll take it back in there. Um, all these people have been trained. They are sure into um, protecting your ballot. So all these people are held accountable and are going to make sure that your ballot does get counted. And Lyndon, real quick, one last thing I want to make sure is very clear. If a student is not registered, right, and they live in Jackson County, if a student is not registered by October 9th, they will be able to same-day register during early voting. It's one of the greatest resources that the North Carolina State provides its citizens and voters. And all students who live on campus will need in order to do that is their CAT card or a picture ID, but the CAT card is the one everyone sort of has access to. They show up and they'll be able to register and same-day vote. If they live off campus, they're going to need some form of photo identification, and they will need a utility bill that is addressed to their residence where they live in Jackson County. If they have those resources, they will be able to same-day register and same-day vote. Again, it is a major resource that exists on our campus and in our state. Thank you for listening to WWCU. This was a program about voting, especially here in Western North Carolina. If you would like some more information about any of the things we talked about today, you can check out the website at vote.wcu.edu. Remember, take part in your democracy and be an educated voter, not just a person who voted. I'm Lyndon Jones. This program was produced by student-operated WWCU-FM. We are Western Carolina University.